Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. What on earth happened between you two? How long were you two friends, Ms. Hoffman? Um, she has been my neighbor for 22 years. Uh, we live in a small town in New Jersey on the shore. It has always been an amicable, neighborly relationship. We have always been there for each other. I have helped her and she has also helped me over the years. Are you still neighbors? This is the plaintiff, Constance Hoffman. She says her one-time friend, the defendant, stole her sewing machine. Won't give it back, and that's just not right. Friend or no friend, the woman's a thief, and she's here to teach her a lesson and is suing her for the $1,200 she's owed. This is the defendant, Renata Bernelli. She says she used the plaintiff's sewing machine once or twice, but never borrowed it or brought it to her house. The plaintiff has it in her head she stole the thing from her, but that's simply not true. She's accused of leaving a friend in stitches. All parties, please hit your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Ms. Hoffman, you're suing your, I guess, former neighbor, Ms. Benelli, for $1,200, the value of a sewing machine that, according to you, she never returned. What on earth happened between you two? How long were you two friends, Ms. Hoffman? Um, she has been my neighbor for 22 years. Uh, we live in a small town in New Jersey on the shore. It has always been an amicable, neighborly relationship. We have always been there for each other. I have helped her, and she has also helped me over the years. Um, Are you still neighbors? She, no. Okay. Who moved? No, she has, she has moved. Okay, go on. So pertaining to this case, she had asked me several times she needed to make something, and if I remember correctly, it was curtains uh, for her house, and... She had mentioned that she wanted to use the sewing machine. I have two sewing machines. So I had no problem loaning her one after several requests. I had um, brought the machine down from the second floor and I had carried it over to her house. When did you do that? Um, so it's probably now the end of last year. Okay. Go so the, the size of the machine is right behind me. Okay. It's pretty substantial. And it's probably about 20 pounds. Okay. Um, my husband was outside working in the garage and he saw me carry out the machine. And he stopped to ask me if he could help me carry it over. Because 
there's steps in my house and then there's back steps to her house. Okay. But I told him I could carry it over. It was no problem. So I carried it over to the defendant's house. I knocked on the back of her sliding glass door. I took it in the house and I put it on the kitchen island. With the machine, it, it has a hardcover plastic case. And in it are instructions and feet that are attached to the machine that she needs to sew. Um, I was happy to loan it to her because we Did had you a give relationship. It, was she there when you gave it to her? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I told her all the instructions are with the machine. Um, I picked it up and I put it on her kitchen island. So when was she I supposed she, to return it? There was, no, it wasn't like that. If she needed the machine for a substantial amount of time, that was fine. Right. So when was the there first was, time you realized that you didn't have your machine? So maybe four or five months later, I and had asked her, have you finished the project? Could I have the machine back? She said she hadn't finished yet. And it was no problem. Okay. She could keep it as long as she needed to. Um, what concerned me is this year, um, probably around June or July, um, she would be outside. I would be outside. We, we would see each other on a regular basis. So at her house next door to me, she has an open area because the houses, a lot of the houses here are elevated. Um, she has an open area under her house. She has a lot of items under her house that are visible from the street. I noticed probably at the end of June that all of a sudden everything was cleaned up and her car was gone and she was no longer here anymore. She had never said anything about moving. And then, to be honest with you, I didn't even realize it till maybe a week or so later that she didn't return the machine and now she wasn't living next door to me anymore. So did you text her? I did. And what'd you say? I just said, because I didn't even know she left. So you Were know, your feelings that. hurt that she never said goodbye? Yeah. It was a little hurtful because we had been neighbors for a long time. Yeah. 20 and years. She, yeah. And she also knows that if she needed anything, we, you know, we were here to help her. And okay. over the years, we both helped each other. Okay. Um, so yes, that is true. So did you, so you so text her and what do you say? So I said, I hope you're doing well. And I just realized that you still have my sewing machine. And what was her response? None. Okay. What's going on, Ms. Benelli? Um, I never received the sewing machine. So I actually have my own in the upstairs of my house. I had a complete sewing area. And quite honestly, I didn't use it that much because it's an unfinished attic that doesn't have any heat. The time that I used her sewing machine was in her sewing room in her house. That is the only time that I used it. Um, the whole time that she's saying that she was asking me for it, it actually, she asked me for it twice. And on two separate occasions, I didn't respond because I didn't have the sewing machine. Why didn't you just and respond thought, and say, I don't have your sewing machine? Because I was in the middle of moving. I sold my house and moved. So all of my items were there. And I thought, maybe I have it upstairs in my attic. Well, but, but I, 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 I don't that. understand the maybe I have it. Either she loaned it to you or she didn't. Like, I, I would remember. She didn't loan it to me. Well, you, you say that. But if you're saying maybe it was in my attic, then I guess you're not that sure about it, right? Can I ask you, like, it's kind of, tw after 20 years of being a neighbor, how is it that you didn't say goodbye or that you were moving? I'm just curious. Because while I had the buyers in my back patio, um, I overheard them. They had neighbors at their house in their backyard. Our houses are very close because it's the shore and they're 10 feet apart. 
And I overheard them talking to their friends saying that they were going to wait till I was um, financially unable to continue paying for my house and then they were going to buy it out from under me. And I was appalled. And I never spoke to them again after that. 20 years and now they're going to try to make money on my financial situation. And I realized. Yeah. So I never told them I was moving, but I moved. I moved. Did you ever did you ever mention uh, to her that you had overheard that? No. I didn't. It didn't warrant it. I couldn't believe it. Does that sound familiar, Ms. Hoffman, a discussion like that? Uh, Okay. so in response to that, I can't believe it. I can't believe she's saying that because we have no interest in buying her house ever. She had approached me several times asking me to loan her money so she could finish her unfinished second floor. And the answer was always no, we own a home here. We are not interested in any other home. So just that she's saying that is beyond my comprehension that she would say that. I, I knew something had happened. I did know something yeah. here had happened. That no, was that, for sure. That is, that um, is not true. When, when did you close on the house, Ms. Benelli? Uh, June 22nd. Okay. So do you have any texts from before? Well, actually, you admit, Ms. Benelli, that she had been sending you texts saying, hey, you have my machine and that you would just not answer. Right. And now we have a motive for you to be angry to not answer and not return a machine. So why wouldn't I find that, in fact, you probably do have the machine, especially if you're saying things like, oh, you know, maybe I had it like that's just like kind of weird. How are you proving the value of this machine? Um, Well, I looked on eBay and there have been some machines going from nine hundred to eleven hundred. What's so special about this machine? So it's not actually a sewing machine. It's actually a computer that sews. Because it's a computer-generated machine that I took lessons on. There's an embroidery attachment that comes with the machine. There's many feet involved in the machine. There's many hoops. Uh, Where is your proof um, of value? um, Well, there's nothing I have except to look for a comparable price. But if I were to purchase another machine, I would go through a Bernina authorized dealer because the machines that you would purchase on eBay, the machines need to be serviced on a regular basis. So if I purchase something on eBay to replace the machine, it may not work. How old is the machine? When did you buy it? Do you have a receipt for the machine? No, the store that I purchased it from is now closed. It's probably a 20-year-old machine. I've had it for many, many years. And the only reason I'm concerned is that I have an emotional attachment to this machine. I have made many, many items for my grandchildren on this machine and for a lot of people that I know. And okay. a lot of time has been invested learning. How yeah, to but that doesn't it. raise the value of the machine, just that no, you, I totally you have agree. a... a, a, a yeah, what was I the model agree. of the machine? It's an Artista 165 with an embroidery attachment. Give um, me a moment, but folks. I do want to add about the sewing machine. I have yeah. my own sewing machine, a $1,000 sewing machine of my own. It's directly behind me. I've had it for 10 years. So it why'd you borrow hers? It doesn't boot it. I never did. That's Except for that, why were you saying then that maybe you had it because I have so much stuff? Because I have a lot of, I had a lot of stuff. Okay, but I would I not, like, if, you know, if all of a sudden Douglas said to me, do you have my... Fill in the blank. No, I don't have your chair in my house. Why would you think I have your chair in my house? A chair 
You never brought your chair to my house. I have my own chairs. Why are you wondering if I have your chair? Like, it would be such a different discussion. You say that when she would text you and say, do you have my machine? Do you have my machine? You would completely blow her off. You just wouldn't even answer her. Which sounds, right, twice twice your neighbor texts you and you don't answer her, as opposed to saying, I don't have your machine. If you actually didn't have a machine, I think that's what you would say. The thing is, I didn't get a chance to go upstairs to look for it. Why would you look for something if you didn't borrow it? Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So what I think happened is that you borrowed it and then you were angry about what you overheard because you thought it was rude as heck that someone would capitalize on your misfortune. And, you know, so that's what it sounds like, you know. According to you, Ms. Huffman, what you have to replace is the actual sewing machine, not the embroidery module because you didn't give that to her, right? That is correct. I can't believe how expensive these things are, actually, to be honest with you. Um. I don't see any proof at all of the value that you're giving it of $1,200. I'm looking at the closest things I can come to. um, And looking at these, I'm going to assess a value of $700 for a 20-year-old machine. um, Verdict for the plaintiff, $700. But I think now, Ms. Hoffman, I guess, you know, however hurt your feelings may have been, I, I think you have a little more insight into why it was that things went down the way they went. And if you guys had such a good relationship beforehand, there has to be a reason that she left without saying goodbye. I think you have your reason. Good luck, folks. So the plaintiff is going to get money for the, uh, the sewing machine, $700, not the $1,200 she was seeking. Ms. Benelli, you're going to have to give her the $700. What's your reaction to this? I do not have her sewing machine. I have my own sewing machine. I didn't borrow it. I'm sorry that she doesn't have it, but I do not have that sewing machine. Well, that's your opinion, but the judge actually thinks you do have it. And uh, that's why you owe her the $700. Ms. Hoffman, well, you're going to get $700. Were you surprised to hear Ms. Benelli's comments about what she overheard you guys talking about? Uh, you denied it. Yeah, it's very, inter- it's very interesting how people make up things, which is exactly what that was. So um, on top of her leaving, um, if that's what her belief is, that's totally untrue. Uh, We've only been here to help her over the years, and it's um, extremely disappointing people behave this way. All right. Thank you very much. Congratulations. You got $700. Harvey? Doug, I got to tell you, we've talked about this for a while now, that if you're involved in a dispute, evidence is king. And the best evidence, I think, when you're involved in a dispute with somebody, especially if there's not a written contract, is to get some kind of a text cementing your position. Send a text to the other person stating your position. They may come back to you with a statement that really helps you, at the very least, state your own position in a text and bring it to court. My son took my husband's gold-plated pen and pencil set. He did not have my permission to take it. I want it back and he won't return it. What can I do to get it back? It has sentimental value to me alone. Um, 
well, my first question would be, who does it belong to? Does it belong to you or to your husband? Right. Uh, I kind of am, felt like there was like an he implication may he may be deceased. Yeah. That's how I kind of took it. Um, right. So assuming that that is her property at this point, and it used to belong to, to someone else, uh, there's obviously she could call the police. What proof does she have that he took it? Right. Uh, maybe he feels that it's sentimental to him too. And, right. Um, and that's why he wanted it. But, you know, do you really want to do this? Do you really want to get the police involved over a gold-plated pen set that uh, yeah. someone else, I mean, it's not like we're talking about something super valuable. Well, who, who knows how valuable it is? Maybe it's worth $1,000 or a couple Maybe. thousand Maybe. Oh, that's valuable. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. But, you know, that that's definitely valuable. But it, so is option someone is trying to sell it or is someone trying to have the sentimental value she on their side? She sentimental value for her. But... Um, you could go to the police. That's kind of distasteful. You could yeah. sue, I suppose. You could go to court and court. sue and prove that he right. took it. And, right. you know, and he may in say, the, yes, I did take it. It's mine. He promised it right. to me. Or, I wonder if there, in a case like that, the first thing that pops into my head is, is there text message traffic between them? Are there phone calls? Are there messages? Are yeah, emails, phone calls, phone calls emails, are, right. What you want you know. is written proof of a paper right. trail of the dispute. Phone calls are great if you have a tape recording. Yes, <laughs> which, you may, which sometimes you can do without telling right. the person and sometimes you can't depending right. on your state. So really Mom could the, wear a wire. Right. The best him. evidence would be, you know, some kind of proof right. that it doesn't belong to him right. and that he admits he has it. But right. why? Why would you do that? Is that something that you would want? Do you know. think your 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 deceased husband would want that? I mean, yes. let it go. This is the plaintiff, Jason Runnicutt. He says he was walking his dogs, and when he went past the defendant's house, a large pit bull bolted out the open front door and attacked him. His hand was bitten. He had to miss work. He has emotional distress now, and the irresponsible defendant refuses to reimburse him the $5,000 he is surely owed. This is the defendant, Sonia Narcissian. She says she has video proof her dog didn't get out on the day in question. And she thinks she's being set up by this opportunistic plaintiff who's seeking money. That's right, this is a scam, plain and simple. Her dog's being blamed for something he clearly didn't do. And she refuses to be taken advantage of. She's accused of failing to control her dog. All parties, please raise your right hand. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that the careless defendant left the front door open and her vicious pit bull ran out and bit his hand. But the defendant says she has video proof her dog didn't get out that day and says the plaintiff must be mistaken. It's the case of raging pit bull. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Honeycutt, you are suing Ms. Narcissian because, according to you, her pit bull came out and attacked you. Tell me what happened. Yeah, I was just walking my two dogs in the morning like we usually do, about 8 o'clock, and then we came up to the defendant's house. I noticed the front door was open, and I saw it come out of the front door, the pit bull that we've seen up in her window before, pounding on the window, comes running out, immediately goes and attacks my – I'm trying to pick up the dogs, immediately attacks my – older dog waffles he's about 10 pounds and then he latched on for a second then got off for a second then i, I shoved him off once and then it's when he came back and came at me and then i, I grabbed him by his head and then i fought him off and then he went right back in the front um went across the front uh the area in front of the windows and went back into the house 
And then I grabbed my one dog who was my dog, Pepper. She was running down the sidewalk. I had to go chase her down. And then I'm rubbing with uh, waffles and I'm bleeding. And then I go get Pepper. Did the, do- did I, the dogs get, get, let me ask you a question. Did the dogs get hurt? No, fortunately, like my dog of waffles, it went, it bit waffles for a second, but fortunately didn't puncture and try to re get them again. And then that's when I was like, I shoved him at that point. I thought I was about to watch my dog die in front of me. Like I didn't, I froze. But your dog didn't, didn't have do. uh, uh, any, any, any damages. Your dog suffered. No, he was okay, fortunately. And, yeah, uh, I, and your I, other I, dog was fine. So the person who got it was you. You ended up. I was the one who got it. What yeah. was the injury that you got? It, it bit through my hand. Through your I hand. Did you end up with stitches? Um, the doctor, like, he's like, I went to the doctor and treated it and they, they cleaned it out and glued it. And then, uh, and then. That was off. And, but then, like, ever since then, I, I can't really use my hand that well. Okay. I'm going to need some medical so. proof of what you're saying. Do you, have a, uh, do you have the report by the doctor about what the injury was to your hand? I do. It's in the folder. Okay. Um, Did you ever see a doctor after this day? I didn't. My, my lawyer said I should go get the whole treatment and I felt that that was just excessive, but I, well, I don't know if you can't use but... your hand. It's not excessive. If you don't go, I'm going to mm-hmm. assume you can use your hand. You know what I mean? It's one or the other. Yeah. All right. So let me see. Do you, I... you have pictures of the injury, correct? I do. It's yeah. Okay. And I don't want to overstate the hand thing too. Cause like, I'm not going to say like my hand was on I couldn't use it to go to the gym and do like, the active things I'm used to doing. When you said he glued it, I didn't even see that he glued it on the. Yeah. That's what, um, yeah, they, I wasn't even looking. They're just putting it together, but they, they like bandage it and everything and clean. Right, but did they it glue it as in glue like stitching it because it required that because it was so deep, or did they not glue it? You would know if they glued it. You would be there looking at it when they did it. Did they or didn't they? Yeah, I thought they did. I mean, well, did they, you remember were... them doing it? I'm not asking what's in the report. I'm asking if you remember them doing it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, but I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I remember they were, you know, just treating with like the, the, the swab in. Okay, you're asking for five grand. Explain the five grand. My, my lawyer felt for the, well, I missed one day of work. If you miss one day of work, why would you get three days of work? You're saying you missed one day of work. Do you have any proof of that? I can provide it. But I mean, now's the time we're in trial. Like, do you have a pay stub? You want yeah. to take a look and find your pay stub? Because that's part of the I proof what you make for the day that you're claiming and that you would have made it had you shown up for work um, rather than missing work with that little thing on, on your hand. Sorry. All right, let me hear from yeah. you, Ms. Uh, Narcissian. What happened here? Um, actually, I left home 8 12 in the morning. I take my kids to the school. And I don't know how it happened. My door, maybe dog open, you know, he maybe jumped and open or I left open. I was running. And when I came home, it was maybe 8.40, around 9. I didn't recognize anything. Door was closed. Everything was normal. And around 2 o'clock, maybe, I went to check uh, my uh, my post mailbox and find out card from police. Uh, like 9.15 uh, happened accident. Missed, uh, my dog ran outside and bite Mr. Honeycutt. And there was a phone number. So I very quickly, I called that phone number to find out what happened. 
that was Mr. Hanikat phone number. He told me, yes, your pit bull ran out and bite me very bad and my dogs also. And I, re- and I told him that can't be possible because my dog is inside. I didn't know my dog okay, was Okay, so hold on open. one second. According to you, Mr. Yeah. Honeycutt, this happens at 8 in the morning, correct? Yes, 8.15, and there's no way she was there. 8 or 8.15, which, what time? 8.15. Okay. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 8.21. So if you say the attack happened at 8.21, can you tell me exactly what happened after the attack? Let's go minute by okay. minute. First of all, you have two dogs. Second of all, are you alone yeah. or with somebody? I was alone. Okay, so go on. And then what do you do? So yeah, we, we get attacked. And then after the attack, I run around the block in the opposite direction to get back home. And then I call the police. And then I leave my dogs at home. What time do you call the, the police? House. Right about, like right, so probably like about 8.30, okay. roughly 8.30 a.m. Okay. And then I go back to the house. And as I'm waiting there, I'm taking these pictures here with the door still open at 8.37. Okay, here is the house. Mm-hmm. There's the open door. And what's happening? When you come back, what's happening? Where's the dog? Right now the dog is it's inside right now, inside barking. Barking but not coming out. Not right now, yeah. Right, right. And it didn't come out again. So That's my question. It doesn't come out again, but the door's wide open. Mm-hmm. And then Ms. Nurses Jan, you you say that you left the house at what time? Uh eight twelve. I take my uh, ring camera, 8.12, I left the house. Okay. And 8.20... So you have a ring doorbell that has, that videos, um, that's how you know what time you left the house, correct? Yes, yes. Well, it's not 8.12, because this is, t- the timestamp on this is 8.14 when the kids are getting in the car. Oh, that's been 8.14. So sorry. That's all right. It was one year. Yeah. And that's you or who's the last person out? You or your daughter? Oh, that's my son. This is my daughter. And I am in the garage. I think I am coming with Kara. So who left the door open? Your oh, daughter? my daughter. That, yeah. 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 Oh, this is 816. 8.16 is when I you're actually pulling yeah. out. Okay. And you don't see the door open? Oh, no. Because class start 8, we we late, so we were yeah. running. That's him, huh? <laughs> well, we should have the whole thing on ring, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. She showed me that. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. Hold on, hold on. The uh, problem is when I do this, 822. This one starts at 822. And the last mm-hmm. one ends at 817. And in this one, he is, that's you, right? Yeah, that is me holding my dog waffles. When in the continuum of what happened is this? This is right after the attack. Right. For some reason, she doesn't have the video of the attack. Right. Right. There's a gap here, um, and I'm curious about the gap, Ms. Uh, Nurses Yan. Like, I in this know. video, uh, you start it with him looking at the house, and, you know, he's got one dog underneath, and 
And we've got some great footage later. I love the footage later when he comes back and he's got a bat in his hand. Tell me about that because you neglected to mention the bat. <laughs> Go ahead, talk to me. I was telling all the neighbors, as you can see this neighbor here, I'm saying just stand back. This dog's, you know, the door's open. And if we need to protect ourselves, that's what... Our, Why did it take so long? So you call the police. I'm assuming you call the police at 8.30. What time did the police get there? They got there right before about 9 o'clock. That's a long time. There There they are. Oh, they've got a a fire extinguisher. Yeah, Yeah, they were going to... That'll work. Yeah. (laughs) Did they go in the house to investigate the house? They poked their head in because I said, can you just check to make sure everybody's okay inside? Because, you know, I want to make sure that there's no break-in or anything. Because it it just looked suspicious. There's a wide-open door. And I assumed... I'd never seen it before. So they... They poked their head in. They said there's no evidence of a crime. So well, they didn't poke their head in very far, did they? <laughs> All right. So I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let me ask you, Mr. Honeycutt, when you made communication with Ms. Narcissian, what is it that you asked for? I just honestly, it started off as I just wanted an acknowledgement, just to say I'm sorry. Like just a simple I'm sorry, my dog got out. You know. What was she you know, saying instead? Did you two talk on the phone? Did you talk in person? Yeah. Which one? She she called me like okay. right after. And, and what uh, did she say? Police left the. She called in. Well, she was like like she explained. She's correct. She's like I don't know what's going on. I I left and the the I, I know I locked the door and I said I, I don't know to tell you I, the, your dog came out. I told her the same story. Your, your dog ran out and you know bit me and and um and I said but she kept saying like but it's not there's no way it's my dog. I locked my door. I'm like I'm sorry but the door was open and. I'm glad I took the pictures at the time, but she didn't want to basically admit that her dog did it. And all I wanted was like, I said, can you just please, please just tell me I'm sorry. That's all I really want at this point. Just a simple acknowledgement. And she wouldn't do it. So I'm like, okay, I, I, I don't know what else to do. I said, I'll have to talk to my lawyer then. And I've never been in court before. I'm not some opportunistic guy. I'm not trying to, you know, and then this is the amount that we came up with. That's what the lawyer thought. I don't know. I, whatever you think is fair, but I just want an acknowledgement. Let me ask you, Ms. Narcissian, what is the basis for you to feel when we know the police had to close the door, we know that your daughter left the door open. What is your basis to tell this man I locked the door? It can't be my dog. First, I, when I came home, I didn't recognize anything. So I think it's. But didn't you notice that your front door was unlocked? No, no, because I'm not checking. No, when I came home, it was locked. Police came, locked my door. And. A second, when I called Mr. Honeycutt, he told me, yes, your dog bite very bad. I right away, I say, oh, I'm sorry. I have a camera. I'm going to check, call you back. So I check my old cameras. I find out my dog never been outside. My cat was outside. Yeah, I saw that your cat was outside. You gave me like 25 videos. The thing that concerns me is that the video that you show me where he and his dogs are in it, it starts with him already walking down. You're not giving me the the minute that I need. And you have minute by minute there because I have all these other minutes. But there's a gap. And that's the one where he would like to see it. And I would like to see it. Uh, me too. But, Your Honor, what I got, I provided. I'm not hiding anything. I think Right, but see, like this it. video begins. Look, this is what I want to explain to you. This video begins with him already past your house. I mean, he didn't just materialize. You know, he didn't come out of thin air. He was somewhere before that. And maybe the ring didn't tape it. But you understand that this doesn't conclusively show that your dog didn't come out, right? Yes, yes, I do. But uh, 
I I can't provide because it it didn't. I got uh, it. I, I understand I what you're why. saying. You want to be clear that you're not hiding something. I've got an open door. I've got a pit bull, and I've got a very small injury on his hand. It's not worth five thousand dollars by any stretch of any imagination. Okay, but did you? What's a TADP? Is that a? Um, did you have to get a tet? What do you call it when you get tetanus shot? Yeah. What which shot is yeah. TADP? Do you know? I think it's tetanus. I believe. Yeah, me too. Um, are you out any money by, by virtue of that doctor's visit, Mr. Honeycutt? Just the one day of work I had to take off. Okay. So, and do you have any yeah. proof of what that you that on that day you couldn't work and you would have worked? Do you have proof from your employer? And so, are you employed at this at this time? Were you employed by a particular entity? Mm -hmm. Still am. Same. same okay. Stuff. So you you so where is the proof that you didn't work that day and that they didn't pay you for that day? That that's what I need in order for you to collect for that. Oh. Day. Yeah, I didn't know to bring that ahead of time. Sorry. Okay, but now what do we have? We have no proof of loss of income that day. I don't know from looking at that you can't handle a mouse that day. I do know that it took time to go to a doctor. I know that much. And I know that getting bit is unpleasant and it's worth something. Is it worth $5,000? No, it's not. I find that the, that the tapes that you gave me, even though they're incredibly helpful and illustrative, unfortunately, we don't have what happens before he materializes right there. I, I'm not saying that you are keeping me from it, um, uh, but I am saying that you yourself have to look at it and realize he didn't pop out of thin air and that there was something that happened before that. Okay. Um, I, I think that what he's really mad at is that he doesn't feel like you had any remorse or regret for the situation that was created. He comes back there, he's got a bat in his hand and he's telling neighbors to watch out. So, you know, I kind of, I don't think he is uh, hamming this up for a big payday today and lying against your dog. All right. I just don't think that. So this isn't a criminal case. He doesn't have to prove it beyond and to the exclusion of every reasonable doubt. He has to prove that it is more likely than not. And your tapes don't disprove that. The puncture wound proves it. He goes to the doctor, he tells the doctor exactly what it is. And the doctor treats it like what it is, gives him a tetanus booster, which hurts. Okay, gives him a tetanus booster because of a dog bite. He reports that it was a dog bite. So I don't know why you hang on to this. Couldn't happen. Couldn't happen. He's got to be lying. I don't know why you do that, because if your door was open and you know from the police that your door was open, geez, I'd give a little more credence to the neighbor. Uh, I'm finding in his favor in the amount of five hundred dollars. That is my verdict. Good luck, folks. So the plaintiff is going to get something for that dog bite experience, not the $5,000 he wanted. He's only getting $500, but that's better than nothing. So Ms. Narcissian, let me ask you, the uh, thing is, the judge felt if you'd been a little nicer to him uh, and a more, little more apologetic in the beginning, you could have avoided this whole incident altogether. You know, it was your attitude probably that brought this lawsuit on. You understand that? Yes, I do. All right. Well, maybe you've learned something from this, hopefully. Uh, Mr. Honeycutt, you didn't get $5,000, but you did get something. Uh, you're lucky, I guess, in, a, in some regards. Well, how do you feel? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, it could have been so much worse. So I'm, I'm fortunate, ultimately, that, you know, my dogs weren't killed in front of me. And it, it is frustrating that I couldn't go to the gym for a month, you know, things like that. I could work, but, you know, and I still didn't get what I want. I wanted her just to this day to say, I'm sorry that my dog got out and bit you. And she, and she still won't admit that she did it. So, or that it happened. Exactly. But it's a little frustrating still. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah I know. I, I think everybody can understand and, and sympathize with you. So congratulations. You did get something. So Doug, in most states, 
there is automatic liability when a dog bites a person, even if the dog is on a leash and bites someone else. It's called strict liability under the law. Now, if a dog bites another animal, say a dog bites a dog, in a situation like that, um, if both dogs were on a leash, you would have to prove negligence. If one dog is off a leash and bites the other dog, then the dog owner of the dog who bit is going to be responsible. It sounds a little complicated, but the key here is if a dog bites a human being, the owner of that dog is going to have to pay for medical bills. I purchased carpeting in August of 2021. It's now November of 2021, and they can't find an installer who carries a million-dollar insurance policy that is required by our condo association. They keep giving me the runaround. They have my carpet and my money with no resolution in sight. Am I entitled to my money back? This consumer or this condo person is in a bit of a standoff here because they've dished out the money for the carpet. Maybe they paid $1,000 for carpet, let's say. And then the installer is going to be another, I don't know, three or $400, whatever it's going to cost. And the carpet people are just saying, uh, no, we, we don't have anybody who's got a million dollars of coverage. Which is very install. typical with condo boards. They Absolutely. don't want that's right. not that much. That's not that much coverage. If you just, you know, and a million dollars of to, coverage doesn't cost what you like, it doesn't yeah. cost a million dollars. It costs like a couple hundred dollars a year. Yeah, it might be as cheap as maybe three hundred dollars a year. Right. Uh, but um, if you check with people who work with these condo boards and give advice to them, law firms, they would tell you, they would tell them, look, minimum, minimum right. million dollar coverage so it's not, for people who are right. coming and going. Lots of things can happen. Somebody can come into your place and they can do unbelievable damage with an electrical component or something, plugging something in. They could start a fire. They could slip and fall and get hurt. But I, do, you, could, do you buy that the carpet place can't find a, a, an installer with a million dollar policy? Uh, well, yeah, it might be time to just pick another carpet place and say, give me my money back. Because right. They, well, that's what she wants. But they're right. saying, no, I, it's your condo that's unreasonable. Right. I agree with you. I don't think the condo is unreasonable. Right. If I really wanted the carpet and they have the carpet. Right. And I wanted to resolve this without a lawsuit. What I might try to work out is paying the extra money to get a carpet installer insured for a short amount of time, have them do my job. And then I deduct that from the final cost. But if you just don't want to deal with it because, you know, because they know where they were measuring. It's really up to the carpet company to know what the requirements are of a condo. And condos are picky. So if they don't know the requirements before they ordered the the carpeting, shame on them. They need to know what the requirements are. So she should be able to get her money back. Absolutely. And some of these condos, by the way, they're not going to be satisfied with, oh, yeah, I've got coverage or even a letter that says... They're going to want to see an insurance certificate, right? And they probably and won't even take that. They'll, they'll want, probably start looking behind it. They'll want been, your insurance company right. to write a certificate that says, "For this job, we right. are co-insured." Uh, right. That right. you and you actually have to name the condo. Right. It's a certificate that right. that you know contractors have to do when they do work in condos, where you name the condo as a beneficiary right. if something goes wrong. That way, the condo association doesn't have to deal with the contractor; they sure. deal directly with the insurer. Right. And the paperwork, they may start looking behind it, and making phone calls, and checking to make sure this stuff is all legit because they have been. But it was, I presume that these that the carpet install that the carpet company went there to measure before they bought carpet. And if they did, then they know it's a condo and then they should find out what the rules are and make sure they can abide by them. So I think she gets her money back. Absolutely.